Welcome back, conscious listeners. I am so happy that you have decided to join today. Today is all about nurturing love and acceptance. And something that I have been aware of lately is change and heavy transition times. So we've kind of had this summer where we're like back to normal, but then we're like still in uncertainty and it's hard to trust and it's hard to um, rely on others because of, you know, wondering how everybody stands on certain um, platforms or issues or, you know, there's so many ways people are rocking the boat right now and there are so many ways where we are being challenged in our traditional thinking and we are being confronted with and triggered by which you know we say shake it to wake it we are really being tested right now in terms of aligning with what is for us and in our highest alignment And it can be really painful. There can be a lot of examples in our life where we are shown a reflection of a piece or part of ourself that we still need to integrate. I know for me, it's boundaries. And when I'm not setting a boundary that allows me to stay present and clear and focused in my energy, I end up feeling resentful and I end up feeling angry that I was not able to speak on behalf of caring for myself and really putting myself first. And I think this is a big challenge for empaths in general, where perhaps there's patterning around codependency, or perhaps there's patterning around making sure that everyone else is okay, um, or doing well, and then forgetting to check in on ourself. I think um, abandonment of self is praised in this culture. And I think that um, taking time for yourself is not necessarily um, valued in the sense that if we were to think of it like, like healing from the inside out. Like if we were to think about it in a way where we could say, I need to go inward in order to then show up in a better way outward, right? It's almost as if like taking time off to reset and replenish ourselves is what the key is for growth. And to compare that to the work I do with kids, We have to be able to master the whole range of emotion before we can ever experience the depths of what joy and excitement will feel like. And when we're in an empowered place of staying connected to our own experience, no matter what that is, ultimately we will overcome our challenges and feel the way that we want to and connect to our lives in the ways that we want to. And just feel, yeah, the depth and the breath of life in the ways that are far beyond what we could have ever imagined. And that's because we're not shying away from what's painful or uncomfortable. Instead, 
instead of viewing it as a burden, we're viewing it as a gift, right? The gift of discomfort and the gift of vulnerability is what truly allows us to go to those places and to connect and have that relatability among others to give others permission to do the same for themselves too and to be honest with themselves and to um, like get to see and face what's true and authentic rather than brushing something under the rug if it's just not acceptable and if it's something that feels bizarre or there's a lot of shame surrounding it or past pain and patterning and that kind of thing. So we're really going through some major, major changes on the planet internally, which is why it's reflecting externally. And there's a lot of pain being released. There is a lot of magic in the mess. That's another theme I wanted to touch on today was messiness. And I'm curious, if you have kids, what is your relationship to their desire to make a mess? Whether that's intentional, unintentional, conscious, unconscious, kids are not in our mindset as a developed adult. They do not have planning skills as an adult would. And so obviously having children comes with some type or sort of tolerance for a mess. And I just want you to think about what your relationship is to mess and why do you think that is? What's like the earliest memory you have of maybe making a mess yourself or um, being in the presence of someone else and how you feel about your mess, like what does your mess provide you? And what does your mess tell you about yourself? I've never really said the word mess without judging it. And that's kind of strange because as I slow down and say mess, there's really nothing bad about it. It's just my association is like, oh, let's clean that up, right? Like we grew up with a cleanup song and we grew up with um, having to like put one thing away before starting the next, right? Like there can be a lot around what a mess represents. And I think that for me, when I think of mess, I think of clutter, I think of, you know, sentimental items or even non-sentimental items that I just have a strong attachment to. I think about how like a mess of feeling is created and a mess of you know, collaboration. I'm, I'm gonna like see now what mess means because it's now hard for me to uh, just think of it neutrally. So it says mess is a dirty or untidy state of things or of a place, a situation or a state of affairs that is confused or full of difficulties untidy 
dirty. So mess does not necessarily have a great connotation or meaning associated. It's associated with dirt, it's associated with out of place, it's associated with confusion, it's associated with difficulties. And I'm just curious what you think and if you and if you think a mess has to be associated with those things or if a mess can be associated with creativity, nurturance, right? Like if I don't have to worry about my mess, I can feel nurtured and held maybe by it. What if mess could represent clarity? What if mess could represent authenticity? What if mess could represent like a confidence around like a mastery of some sort of skill. I'm just curious because for myself, this certainly challenges a paradigm. It certainly challenges this idea of what are others going to think? How will others feel? And will I honestly be loved and accepted? And if I have a mess, if I make a mess, if I'm in a mess, what does that mean for me? What happens? What does that mean? What are my fears? What are my challenges around being with a mess? Maybe it's uncomfortable. For me, it is certainly anxiety provoking. Um, I think that You know, being tidy was certainly praised for myself and uh, along with my perfectionism tendencies, having things in order definitely made me feel um, this illusion of feeling settled, even if on the inside I felt something really different but it was normalized to show something completely opposite on the outside versus how you felt on the inside. And to be honest, I think that that's problematic for a lot of things. I think it's um, breeding incongruency, inconsistency. It's breeding um, just dishonesty and it's not really helpful for mental health support, emotional health support, or even depth in relationship. In an effort to break these patterns within myself to then help and encourage others to do the same, I must really confront myself with either my limiting beliefs around the capacity of a mess or how I judge it and make meaning of it. And perhaps maybe I can see it from a more neutral place. And I think I've been reflecting on this for a minute now because it continues to come up, whether it's, you know, usually in the parent-child dynamic or in an interaction where if 
like a child's being messy or making a mess, the parent becomes dysregulated and more concerned about the mess being taken care of or the mess being kind of like undone or um, fixed or cleaned or like made better, quote unquote. Like a parent's usually um, caught up in all the details before they're ever um, present with the discomfort of the chaos. If a mess represents disorder, like of course there's going to be increased discomfort. So it's been interesting to see relational dynamics with kids and how they use their mess to either test their parents' tolerance for um, their parents being able to put up with them or being able to be with them. But also it's kind of testing attachment and relationship as well. Am I more important than my mess? Am I more worthy than my mess? Do I have as much power as my mess? Am I seen for who I am or am I seen for the mess I've created, right? So it's deep on a lot of levels. It's metaphorical on some levels. And it's so important to really define what your relationship to a mess is. And if you've never thought about, bef- about it before, welcome. I'm so grateful to kind of tickle your brain about this and I want you to notice like what sensations are coming up for you too like what was your relationship to a mess even growing up was it something that you got in trouble for if you created was it something that you um like were punished for if you had a mess was it something that was completely on the other side where like there was a mess all over or, you know, was it, did you have a desire to have some sort of order or neutrality around a mess and maybe your environment didn't really align with that? I want you to, yeah, examine this for yourself and how it relates to your own situation because I think it can be extremely informative when it comes to just relationship and how a mess plays such a part. And of course, there are extremes too. There are um, like physical manifestations of a mess that could turn into hoarding, right? Or, 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 or over collecting, um, like coming from this place of fear or lack where maybe there is a fear of resources running out Um, and then at that point, like it just kind of becomes neglectful within the mess. Um, but of course the balance and the neutrality is what we all aim for. And so with the magic being in the mess, how do we allow ourselves to find an equilibrium with the mess and does our space have to look like nobody lives in it? Or does it have to look like a tornado, right? Or can we find the balance where we're able to maintain clarity and peace of mind and and safety and all of the things that we desire and 
hope to have for our kids, right? Can we be in that place where we accept what is a little bit? Like, can we um, give a little bit of leeway for our kids to make a mess? Whether it's a spill or the environment, right? Like, basically the biggest message that's important for them to receive is that they are more important than the power of what their mess can create or destroy. And it's so important for them to know that they're loved unconditionally, right? It's kind of like when we had that old phrase in the old paradigm that said, um, don't cry over spilled milk, right? Well, the child's crying because they don't want to be seen as imperfect and they don't want to get in trouble for their behavior, whether it was an accident or not. And so it's not the milk that they're crying about. It's the response to the milk. And that's what it comes down to is how are you going to respond to your children, right? If the mess is already made, can you give yourself a minute to articulate a response that would actually support their development and that would actually um, nurture their internal dialogue and what they're already believing about themselves. I want you to challenge yourself with that because when you get to the root of your triggers and what comes up for you in response to a mess, that's where we get to really examine and foster this new way. So if our, you know, first inclination or instinct response is to yell or be upset, um, we can then just stop for a second, play out the scenario in our mind and think of a different way. So we can really like speak to the fact that it was surprising, that it was unexpected, that it was, um, you know, just completely out of the blue. And we can check in with ourselves and say like, how are you feeling? Are you okay? Um, checking in of like, I hope the, you know, the water that just spilled, I hope it dries quickly so that you don't have to feel uncomfortable for as long as you are, right? Or um, just kind of having those reframes around like what's physically happening and then what's emotionally being impacted as a result. So I just found it interesting this week of, yeah, seeing how parents respond to their children making a mess and just how like their emotions are what's more most important to tend to. It's not necessarily the thing that got messy Although there can be time to address that and to get to that, I would say the number one priority is to really tend to the emotional needs that are at play. And if the mess was what catalyzed the emotional trigger or the emotional breakthrough, amazing. Like getting to reframe that and seeing it from that perspective too. So think about your messes think about how you're going to be messy, how you're going to get messy, and what that looks like for you. There's really no right or wrong answer. So it's kind of like a um, individually tailored type situation. So keep me posted about your messes. 
and take a risk, do something different, do something that rewires and repatterns your routine. And if you're messy, try to find neutrality. If you're tidy, try to find neutrality, see where it leads you and see what you learn about yourself and about your parenting style. And I will see you here next time. Take good care, everybody. Mwah!